Hello guys, welcome to uh, this week's episode of our Facts First podcast. Now, new year, new issues to tackle in our podcast. Now, for today, we're going to talk about an issue that has been uh, in the agenda of a lot of people, especially the politicians, especially since the start of the Duterte administration. And what people thought was uh, was over as far as the push was concerned was actually revived earlier this year when uh, members of Congress, led by the Speaker of the House, uh, started to push for certain amendments in the 1987 Constitution in the middle of the pandemic. Now, for today, we're going to talk about this latest push to amend the Constitution, specifically the economic provisions and also the other reason being floated around, which is the uh, supposed need to amend the, the, the Constitution to fix what's, what's wrong about the party system. Now, our guest for, for, uh, for this week's episode is none other than uh, Attorney Christian Munsod, former chairman of the uh, Commission on Elections. is also a member of the uh, Constitutional Commission uh, in 1986, which drafted the 1987 Constitution. Thank you very much, sir, for joining us on this podcast. Thank you for inviting me. Okay. First, let's talk about this, uh, this, this issue being used. I think the, uh, supposedly this argument came straight from the president himself. We need to amend the constitution because we need to fix the problem with the partilist system, specifically to rid the system of the so-called communists. First off, do we need to amend the constitution to fix to fix what's wrong with the partilist system here in the Philippines, sir? Well, let's put it this way. The purpose of the partilist system is to introduce an unorthodox way of electing our representatives. And it is a social justice provision uh, that comes within the purpose of social justice of equitably diffusing wealth and political power for the common good. And this means that we have to hear from all the diverse opinions in our, in our country, open it up to democratic debate and in, in, a, uh, in a policy of inclusion rather than exclusion. So the purpose that, uh, that being, the president is being quoted about to get rid of the left, I, I don't know if he, saw, if he saw the results of the last 2019 elections. Uh, why doesn't he trust the people? Because if you look at the results of the 19, uh, 2019 elections, the ones who lost ground in the party system were the so-called left-leaning uh, uh, parties uh, give them some credit to the people to to trust who they want to represent them in the uh, in the party list or in the legislature because this system uh, allows allows uh, different people and perspectives and uh, thinking and and uh, uh, legislative platform to participate even if they cannot win in the district elections yeah. that's why it's a national it's a national election and that's being done and if you look at the record that it has worked in uh, in many ways right like uh it it has worked for example in the oversight of of issues and national issues it has improved the quality of the debates and so on uh and it it is a long-term proposition. We have to make it work. Unfortunately, unfortunately, the Comelec and even the law that established it in the first place and the Supreme Court uh, have, have done the wrong things. And so now we are trying to make sure that 
it works. The last decision of the Supreme Court under Carp Justice Carpio uh, resolved many of the issues. Pero meron pang iba na reforms that we need. You are referring to the atong paglaong case, no? Pero let's first. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, the the first one is the 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 the, fine, the, the one most uh, most applicable and, uh, and and more consistent with what happened in the Constitutional Commission is the Banner case. Okay. Banner okay. Decision. Okay, let's take a and, type. Uh, uh, there was a follow-up decision in September, mm -hmm. the angkat angkat uh, uh, petition, okay. which which confirms the banner. Okay, you know. let's look back to the uh, let's look back at the deliberations of the uh, 1986 Constitutional Commission. You were very much part of that debate uh, yes. when it comes to whether to limit the party system to marginalize the groups and whether to open it open it up even not uh, even among those which are not representing the marginalized sector basically the non-sectoral argument in those yes. deliberations why did you embrace the, the other side of the argument the non-sectoral uh, representation argument well uh, I want that argument I yeah, want you, that you want that definitely that it's not limited uh, it, it is not a reserved seat system there are only reserved seats for three consecutive elections uh, of its application. And after that, it becomes an open system of national, regional, and sectoral parties. Mm. Uh, that was put to a vote after much debate, but that issue is solved. Now, what, are, what is the basic principle here? The basic uh, voting principle is proportional representation. And the basic purpose is diffuse political power. So let's take a look at what's the status of the law now. Does it follow these principles in the, constitu in the Constitutional Commission? Correct? Mm -hmm. Now, uh, uh, Banat comes closest to it. Uh, but there are, I think, uh, still uh, provisions such as chain. Number one, the maximum of three uh, should be taken out. Yeah. If we're, it's going to be proportional representation. Mm -hmm. uh, number two, the um, um, <clears throat> we should we should uh, remove the loophole in the Carpio decision that allowed the nominees uh, to be not a member of the sector, but who has a track record of advocacy. Boy, mm -hmm. that's a big big loophole. And the third is that. Unfortunately, the, the party system is being used by political dynasties to entrench themselves further, which is the opposite of the purpose of the party system. Uh, no. Okay, so th uh, those are the three things that okay. must be put into. You, you mentioned those three reforms that need to be done, but do you need, actually need to amend the constitution to do that? Or no. can you just amend the 1995 party law? They, they just need to amend the law. And then, and then uh, if a case arises, then the Supreme Court uh, uh, will, as it, as, as it said in the latest decision in September 23, they, they will just follow what's in the law. And uh, so the law has to be changed. Uh, and, and, and the Supreme Court will judge accordingly. There is no need to change the constitution. Besides, the purpose of President Duterte, they say, is to eliminate it altogether. But the point, you know, this, this kind of approach to the constitution that, oh, it doesn't work, so eliminate it, right? Even Actually, the social justice, yeah. this happens also in the social justice provision. Yeah. Now they're I, using the same argument. 
Yeah, actually, actually, the argument being used by President Duterte, at least according to pronouncements, is that if he wants to rid the, the House of Representatives of the so-called leftist lawmakers, I mean, the argument is you abolish the party system. Isn't that quite a stretch? Because warts and all, there's been a lot of benefits that has co- that have come out of the party Correct. system. Correct. Yeah, I mean, that's really quite a stretch for him. But, you know, uh, he... he uh, Occasionally does this, right? He just blurts out, even if, even if his front lobe uh, has not uh, has not examined his thought, whether it's irrational or rational. But uh, obviously, this is a spur of the moment. It's, I don't know. It must be triggered by some anger, and he, he he I'm sure did not see what the people are saying. What there is one other development in uh, 2019 that, that's good. You must trust the people. Many dynasties lost. Mm. Did you know this? Many yeah. political dynasties. You know, reforms sometimes take a long time. And uh, and then we give the wrong solution. You, you know, we look for the wrong solutions. Okay. Let's trust the people. I'd like you to respond to this because when people look at the Carpio decision of the Supreme Court, they're blaming that decision for allegedly opening the floodgates uh, to organizations or people who are not exactly members of uh, the marginalized sector. Because according to the Constitution, the partidist law is not limited to the marginalized sector. Even regional national organizations are allowed. And then if people trace the discussions in the 1986 Constitutional Commission, some even tend to blame you for for pushing that argument. I mean, do, do you think for those, at least, let's let's try to to uh, to accommodate this argument. Ano lang, uh, academic discussion. Uh, would it, it be better if we put in the constitution once and for all, very, very clearly, limited to the marginalized sector? Wouldn't that be better? No, the Bannock decision is already there, right? And that's that's already uh, jurisprudence. So we've done away with that. Okay. Uh, what they what they also did is they say that the the, the political parties uh, who participate in the legislative voting by district cannot field uh, cannot field the party list candidates mm-hmm. right uh, yeah. that that's one way of taking them out of there now then we need the the uh, the uh, amendment or the uh, corrective mechanism of an anti-dynasty provision to make use to to make to make sure that this is not used for political dynasties to entrench themselves more okay so, so, so basically if you want to establish reform which will take a lot of time you don't see the partilist provision in the constitution in isolation meaning in a vacuum you need to consider the other reforms that have yes. been put in oh, oh, place in the 1987 yeah. constitution, including the uh, the barren political dynasties, but of course yes. that needs uh, an enabling law. Yeah, look look at this. The the the, the congressman blamed the constitutional commission for not putting that in the putting specifically the relationship in the uh, the constitution. Yeah. You know why? Because we felt that at this time or at that time of our, of our political development we had not yet matured. So maybe at, the, at that time, and maybe I think now because it's gotten worse, it should be four degrees. And as we, the, the prohibition, and as we become more politically mature, then it can be reduced to two. Mm. And 
if we are attained at such a, a maturity that there's no need for it, we can take it out. That's why we did, we did not put it in the constitution, the relationship. We left it to Congress. But we made a big mistake. Our mistake was trusting Congress to do it because for 30 years or more, they have not enacted the law. Even those who are advocating for it, you know, I challenged them and I said, all right, if you are for an, an anti-dynasty uh, legislation, why don't you pass a law for the 2019 elections on four degrees or even just two degrees? They did not pass it. Yeah. They passed it in the barangay election. Yeah. Or the, the, sorry, the, the, yeah. The, and SK, right? SK, the Sangguniang Kabataan and Barangay elections. Yes, yeah. they put it there. They didn't put it in the 2009. And then they tell us, trust us, that we will, we will do all of these reforms for the common good. How can we trust them with that kind of a record? And then when implementing the social justice provisions of the constitution, what do they do? They put loopholes in the law. Agrarian reform, distribution of shares instead of land. That's not land reform, right? Yeah, I'd, I'd like to go back to this uh, this interesting point that you mentioned. I think uh, our viewers and our listeners need to understand this properly. When you talk about a system of proportional representation, the representation need to be or needs to be proportional. Meaning, for example, if there are 100, 100 seats available and you want, let's say, 50% of the votes cast for that part of the system, you should get half of the 100 seats available. But in the Philippines, yeah. it's quite weird. Kahit gano karaming boto mo as a part of this organization, the most number of seats you can get is three. Okay? But there's this argument also. Don't you think that would even be more dangerous if you uh, lift the cap, the three-seat cap in the part of the system, given the fact that uh, political dynasties are very much entrenched and have hijacked the part of the system? Baka naman mas dumami yes. yung mga dynasty sa part of the system. Okay, kailangan may anti-dynasty provision yung, yung law. Eh. Kasi nga, it's being abused. Now, that example, for example, that, you know, like now, there are 61 seats for party list. Now, you say, well, suppose somebody gets 50% uh, uh, of the votes. 27 million voted, right, yeah. uh, in the last uh, election for the party list. Uh, the total who voted was 46. But anyway, if if this group can get 50% in the past list, I think they can run in district elections. <laughs> good right? point, good point, good point. Well, uh, I mean, and they can run for senator. Mm -hmm. My goodness, if they have 50% yeah. of those who vote, of course they can they can even uh, elect two or three or four senators. You know, I mean, let, let's follow the logic of the reasoning. We are trying to give representation to those who cannot win in legislative district election. Right? Yeah, actually, that was the same argument that you pushed in 1986. Yes, yes. Yeah. So we must look at the fish proportion. If you look at the results in 2019, how many how many got seats on the first round? Mm -hmm. uh, I think only nine or ten. After two rounds, only what eighteen, something like that. So that there, there were forty-two seats that they had to allocate to yeah. one each, mm -hmm. so that somebody some uh, some. Uh, a, a party that had 0.7% got one seat. Yeah. Parang free. <laughs> free pass to the party yeah. system already. I, I'd, I'd rather the one, of course, there was only one or two who got 
three votes, right? Yeah. But I, I think if they got more, it should be counted to them. Mm-hmm. Effectively, what you deprive those who qualified with, you know, with the right number of votes, you gave their vote to somebody at the bottom, correct? Mm-hmm. That's not fair. Yeah, and definitely that's that's not proportional representation. That's Now, how not did, proportional did, representation. Did, did this argument also coming from President Duterte? He wants to weed out Congress, the House of Representatives, uh, of the so-called leftist organizations. He doesn't call them leftists, eh? but he's saying, "You are communists." But even then, for the sake of argument, <laughs> don't you think that would go against the very spirit of the constitutional provision regarding the party system? If you're trying to drive them away, because precisely talk to us about that—the wisdom of getting this uh, these groups together, coming from different ideologies, as long as they're not doing illegal something illegal. Yes. Well, you know that, that's against the concept of democracy. That's even more basic, and and I I think that the 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 president is looking at the wrong at the wrong thing to do. He should look at the root of the problem. Why are there people who are unhappy? Why are there people who are, who are protesting things and so on, right? Now, you know, uh, this General Parlade um, had a, had a uh, meeting with, uh, I think, four bishops, and, and he said that anybody who is against the anti-terrorism law is a communist. Wow. Conclusion like that, right? Yeah. Uh, so what, what you're saying is anybody who criticizes the administration Uh, and and the fact is, this administration uh, failed, you know, a lot of failure. is is the worst performer on the economy and the worst performing in, in addressing the pandemic in our area of the world. Mm-hmm. This is not us. This is the report of the United Nations. This is the report of the World Bank, the IMF, and so on. We are the least of 91 countries. 91 countries. Our, our performance is number 66. Okay. All the rest of our part of the world is the first 10 except Indonesia, which is number 28. That's how badly we perform on the economy and in addressing the epidemic. Can, okay. can, we, can we criticize or are we communists? <laughs> you know the answer there. That is definitely a fallacy. But of course, you need to contend with that with that kind of argument coming from the president himself. Since you mentioned the economy and you also mentioned the pandemic, very interesting timing here. They're trying to push for constitutional amendments, specifically the economic provisions in the middle of the pandemic. Of course, the the, the natural uh, reaction would be, is this something that we need instead of uh, the government providing enough vaccines to the people, making sure that the healthcare system won't bog down in case of another surge in cases. But here you have congressmen opting to focus on the uh, on the Constitution, the need to amend the Constitution, specifically the economic provisions. What do you think of this? Is this something that we need at this time? Well, I, I don't understand why they're presented this now, right? Uh, it, you know, this uh, nationalist, so-called nationalistic provisions, Uh, I think I, said, I mentioned this already, that there are three basic principles in our constitution, basic. Number one, social justice is the heart of the constitution. Number two, no, no, never again authoritarianism. And number three, that the economy must be firmly and safely in Filipino hands. And there are reasons for that. Now, here they're saying that we... Because of the pandemic, in other words, a short term, huh? because of the pandemic, we need to invite 
foreign investors, and we need to remove the change the constitution to do that. If it's short term, why give why not give them just incentives to come in? Yeah. Right. Number number two, when when you look at the situation today arising from the pandemic, who do you think will be the biggest investor when you open all of these doors? China, right? China, because come again, the come again. Uh, uh, yeah, the, the signal uh, went bad for 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 a bit there. Can you can you can you repeat that again? The, the biggest the beneficiary. Who will, who will, who will, yeah, the big. It's China, China, China. Who who doesn't recognize our arbitration ruling? You know who gets special treatment here and all that. And 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 because the Western countries have a problem with the pandemic and they have a problem with the economy now. I always say that this provision is insidious. Why is it insidious? Because it opens the door to transactional legislation. What is transactional legislation? Let's put it in the ter- in context of our natural resources. Our, our natural resources are valued as something like, let's say, $1 trillion. Right? Here, you have already transferred from the Constitution to Congress the right to change the limits. Yeah. And by the way, the vote will be much different. It's no longer three-fourths vote. Yeah. So they can pass it. It's simple legislation. A corrupt congressman, a corrupt legislator can go to the rich mining companies and say, boss, anong gusto niyo? 51%, 60%, 67%, 75%, 100%. Uh, may presyo naman yan. 10 billion, 20 billion, 30 billion. The context is because uh, one trillion dollars, eh, hindi ba? And that has been done yeah. in our country. Transactional yeah. legislation. Why? Because the business community is for it. Is for the exchanges because they're used to transactional legislation. The business community, aren't okay. they? Let's so the, ex- the, 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 the greedy businessmen, the corrupt uh, legislators, uh, will be very happy with this change in the constitutional provision. Okay, let's explain to our uh, audience uh, where you are coming from in terms of how insidious this particular proposal might be. Yes. Because the the, the, the proposal is that they will just insert a phrase, seemingly innocuous phrase, in right. the constitution unless otherwise provided for, pro- provided by law. That yes. makes it uh, the responsibility of Congress to pass the nitty-gritty of that specific uh, provision of law to allow, let's say, bigger uh, foreign investments or participation or ownership okay, in certain industries, for instance. So ang, ang pinag-uusapan natin dito, can you trust Congress to do that? I mean, yes. what you mentioned <laughs> is actually happening. Diba? Yung elite capture, the regulatory capture that is happening here. And uh, quite disturbing, the transactional uh, politics that is happening here. Uh, e- e- that is something that people need to, to, to realize here. And the cartels. Yeah. The cartels. You think a foreign investment, you come in and fight the cartels and the regulatory capture? Of course not. They will be part of it. And they, you know, they paid for it. Mm-hmm. Right? So and then it's insidious because they we cannot even debate the percentage because they said no 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 let's not talk about percentage here we're just uh, giving the Congress room to maneuver to be flexible about uh, current events and so on let's talk about that let's pass this first and then let's debate what percentage do you believe the legislators 
that they will be serious about debates like that. So sabi nila, okay, thank you very much. Oh, and then they they will negotiate already with the mining companies, correct? Because yeah. they have rendered the constitutional provision meaningless by introducing that phrase. Actually, um, Attorney Mansod, I hope we could discuss in further detail the transactional uh, arrangements that you're talking about. Because I myself <laughs> is uh, familiar with some of those. And it's quite disturbing uh, if only the, the people... Very clear. Yeah, that's very, very clear. I mean, media, media, media knows it, right? Media yeah. knows what's going on. Even with you know, even with proposed legislation that are not exactly uh, going to push through, I mean... Yeah. A corrupt congressman can make use of the floor of Congress to threaten certain businesses or certain industries that he and uh, a cable of a, a like-minded uh, congressman would actually push for this piece of legislation that would affect the industry or the business. But in reality, that is just simply meant to actually communicate with those industries or businesses and tell them, you need to negotiate with us. Otherwise, yes. your business would take a hit. Simple as that. And here you're talking yes. about uh, foreign ownership, for instance, or relaxing the economic provisions that are considered restrictive. Hmm. Why is education included there? I don't, under, I don't understand why, why education is, uh, is included. Uh, we need education for our young, to teach our young about the values, the culture, the history of the Filipino people and 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 who our national heroes are. Why will you put that in the hands of foreigners? We already have mission schools. We already have schools for uh, for the uh, uh, foreign you know foreign embassies and all that. Why do you open that? That's not even an economic provision. Mm. Why are you going to open it? And you know the schools here already have affiliations. You know Asian. Uh, 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 our Asian um, what's, uh, business school is has ties, uh, a, 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 yeah, has, has ties with Harvard. There, there are already ties between schools. Why will you change? I don't understand that, frankly. Do you? I don't understand too. Very <laughs> 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 you know, so yeah, let's let's give them the, the benefit of the doubt, uh, assuming that the, that they are actually well intentioned. I mean, strictly speaking. Uh, they agree that our constitution, uh, which has remained unchanged for the past 33 years, needs some updating, especially when well, you talk about the economic provisions. Well, okay. I, maybe it, me, me, I think what uh, the one that I think uh, we should uh, amend is that the president and vice president must come from the same party. Tandem voting? Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, no, no. Yeah. Not exactly. But, oh, yeah. Tandem voting. Yeah. Yes. Now, now, and then they say that, no, we need this uh, because so we need to open up the economy. For all purposes, our economy is open. Land, the, the target is land, natural resources, and public utilities. On land, you can lease a land, land for 50, up to 75 years. Why do you need to own the land? If a project needs to own the land, it's not a good project because it's depending on increasing the value that it did not put there. Development just overtook that piece of land. What about public utilities? Let's talk about energy. Generation and retailing can be 100% foreign. Mm -hmm. When we had the lack of generating capacity, why didn't they come in to invest? What held them up? And that's where we say, what really hinders 
foreign investment in our country. It's not the constitution. It's not the constitution. It's it's all the studies show, right? What what hinders foreign investment? Infrastructure, skill of level of the people, quality of the regulatory framework, clear rules of the game, fiscal determination, graphing corruption, criminality. You know, these are the ones that hinder them. And the rule of law, right? And our rule of law has been going down in, in uh in our in the ratings or it compared to other countries. So in short, quoted that. Yeah, so in short, are you you're saying here that uh, by, by blaming the constitution uh, for the lack of sufficient FDIs that the Philippines uh, has been getting, for instance, compared with our neighbors, it seems like those who are pushing for this uh, amendment, so the economic provisions, are actually barking up the wrong tree. Kumbaga. They're not barking up the wrong tree. They have different purpose. In other words, <laughs> they want more power and more money. And that's the wrong purpose for changing the constitution. Okay. That makes it more insidious. Let's make it more insidious. And there is some hypocrisy involved as well. And yeah. So, so if you laid down the reasons uh, why the Philippines has not been attracting as much investments or FDIs compared to our neighbors. So basically, if you follow that, uh, that blueprint, you don't, need to, you don't need to tinker with the constitution. You just need to address those specific concerns, right? Yes. Like, for example, fiscal. What mm-hmm. is it? Very big na kailangan yung IRA must be changed mm-hmm. because, uh, uh, you know, it's not enough and all that. The Supreme the, Court came out with the decision defining mm-hmm. IRA. The they still want to ano, change the constitution. Yeah, yes. The Mandana's ruling for well, the, the internal the, revenue allotment. Yeah. Correct. So the Supreme Court solved the problem but they still want to change the constitution to put it down in, in the constitution. And yet they're the very ones who want for, for shallow reasons to change the constitution. Okay. Yeah. Let, let's you know, let's explain that uh, attorney uh, Monso to our viewers. I just, I, I, I want to, uh, to, to explain the specific issues here. You mentioned IRA, no? the internal revenue allotment. So basically yes. each local government unit uh, has a share. Uh, from the revenues, yes. okay, from the national Correct. government, but over the past several years, okay, over the years, the computation or the share had not been considered proper, based on what is in the uh, provided by law. Wait, yeah, not enough though. So, pumasok dito yung petition, yung ano, yung the petition that was filed by uh, Herminaldo Mandanas, right? And then he got a favorable decision from the Supreme Court. So I understand. Uh, hindi naman isosoli yung mga hindi nakolekta for them, de ba? Kumbaga, starting from the decision itself, they would be following the correct computation. No, but, yeah. no because what, what they do is they clean up they, they clean up the sharing. And, and uh, therefore those that are that are being uh, reserved in central office, let's say public works, uh, for the benefit of certain uh, LGUs, uh, it's only a matter of accounting because mm-hmm. now they just give it directly. You just, give it, you just give it directly to the LGU. But it was really being used for LGU. But you know, once it's in the hands of the center on, say, public works, marami na nangyayari. Mm-hmm. Now, we're hoping that with more money, the LGUs naman will not be corrupted. Because kung makorrupt naman at that level, paliwala yung increase ng kanilang, ng kanilang uh, allocation. 
So, so we have to problem, solve the problem as well of corruption with greater uh, share of the IRA. But as far as the sharing is concerned, it is already now part of the law of the land because of it's a Supreme Court decision. But the argument is that that can also, that can still change because even if that is already part of jurisprudence, another decision by the Supreme Court might might uh, might change it, diba? So the argument is put it in the constitution. <laughs> That's very spacious. Let's see. Let's see what and then you change the constitution if 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 the Supreme Court reverses itself. Right? Otherwise yeah. it's a part of the law of the land. Attorney Munsod, I'd like to ask your opinion on this because the, the concern is that once you open the constitution to uh, propose amendments free for all, diba? even if they're saying now that uh, no, it will just be limited yes. to the economic provisions. I also asked the same question when I interviewed um, Congressman uh, Alfredo Garbin, who now heads the House Committee on Constitutional Amendments. He was insisting that since the committee was only acting on this resolution of both houses filed by Speaker Lord Alan Velasco, nothing else would be accommodated. But assuming, uh, assuming that uh, Congress is constituted as a constituent assembly. Can you actually say that, no, at the very beginning, we were just talking about the economic provisions. You have no, to shut the, up the, with other provisions that you're talking about. Okay. No. The, once convened, it has plenary powers. It can do anything it wants. Now, uh, no, the, the Congress will give them instructions. Who are you giving instructions to? To yourself? <laughs> Correct? Yeah. <laughs> and if you're if you're a member of Congress and you know in the back of your head that the powers of con us is plenary, of course you'll keep quiet now. And when it comes there, you know you can introduce anything. You can do anything. That's what that's the power of. Uh, it's like a constitutional convention, right? Con us is something like that. That's the power of a plenary session of Congress. That's why it's a three-fourths vote. That's what that's needed in order to to avoid abuses, but it still happens. If we have uh, the kind of uh, Congress we have now, especially the House, they can railroad anything. So on the banana on and who has the money for the propaganda and the payoff to the LGUs? Who has the money? Yeah. The yeah. people who are making money on the vaccine, for example, uh, just a question. I'm, I'm just asking. Christian, okay. did you order food from Panda? Actually, that same question that you raised, is, you know, it's, uh, the, the answer ah, to that is no, quite obvious because even if we are talking about here of uh, a so-called representative democracy or even if people can exercise their direct democracy, let's say during the plebiscite or during the elections, I mean, we know how things work at the local level, how money can make people uh, look the other way, for instance. And here, this is quite telling. Uh, I keep asking this uh, during interviews regarding this proposed uh, amendment to the constitution in the middle of the pandemic. Public support is very much important. Is very important, and I don't think there is any survey uh, over the past several months that could actually help us make sense of whether this initiative to amend the constitution in the middle of a pandemic has public support. I think the last one that we encountered was. If I'm not mistaken, 2018, and yeah, uh, 20, pre 20, and previous 2018. 
Yeah, and previous to that, there was this uh, quite disturbing uh, survey which showed that uh, a significant number of Filipinos don't actually understand the Constitution, more so why change the Constitution. I don't know whether things change because of all these roadshows that they have been I, I conducting. Think, I think, uh, the ignorance is still there. And uh, I think it's the same thing with the pandemic. Uh, the propaganda of the government praising itself is contrary to the performance. Uh, and and the people, what do what what do they have uh, information on? And and that's what I'm afraid of is that the propaganda machine that's fueled by corrupt corruption money uh, is is go, is going to prevail. Although to me, I think the sentiments of our people from all surveys they don't like the constitutional change. They want the constitution to be implemented properly and fully, particularly the poor. That's what it is. They're not implementing it fully and properly. They're not funding the programs, asset reform, education, health, and all that. That's not being funded by Congress fully. Right? So, you know the numbers, correct? You know the numbers. To the first 20 years of agrarian reform should have been 225 billion. How much did they allocate? 175. Mm. Things like that, right? They, people don't know that. So, so, so why do you think uh, w- w- these people are pushing for these constitutional amendments at this time? I mean, why? next year, election year, ne? I, I, I mean, so, uh, the, the, this congressman, uh, this congressman. Yeah. Well, t- to me, uh, I'm I'm naturally suspicious about this. I, I think that the once it goes through the con us, there will be many changes. For the worse, not for the better, because uh, vested interests will come in more and more uh, in the in the conas. And may mga give and take, John. You know, may mga oh, anong presyo dito, anong presyo don, anong pwede nating itulak, and so on. And then there's a lot of money allocated for this, and and people may 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 not know exactly what's going on, and given the hunger. And the failure of the of the economy to really support them, you know, I I I I experienced this in Ashenda, Luisita, when we were fighting for the land. Then the, the, the farmer said, "Yes, we want the land." Pero nung pinapapirma sila, binibigyan sila ng 500 pesos, 1,000 na we wanted to remain with the Kohangos. Tinanggap nila yung pera. Sabi ko, "What you tinanggap?" Eh, sabi nila, "At least alam namin bikakanin kami next week." Okay, yeah. so so this can be exploited, yeah, by by uh, by the by the people who want well, this, and that's what that's why to me, the the way to stop this is now, and that's up to the Senate, because they they need eighteen votes from the Senate, and mm. I'm hoping that uh, that the there will be enough votes of conscience among the senators uh, to say no. One already I know, see Senator Recto. He introduced uh, the same economic provisions uh, in the Senate. And then in a hearing, and I was there, he said, I'm withdrawing my, my bill. I will object to Chacha. I, think, but, I don't know if it's still. Yeah, but, but don't you think uh, this, in, this initiative coming from the House of uh, Representatives is quite dead unless the Senate moves? And they're not moving so far. They're not. They're not moving. And, I, you know, uh, uh, I hope, I hope that uh, we can get the Senate to stop it because uh, they need 18 votes. 
and the and the opposition only at this time has what five and they need at least seven right actually there's a couple of initiatives from the from the senate as well coming from allies of president duterte but as you've mentioned you would need uh, a bigger effort coming from the senate to actually block this initiative coming from the house and by the way what they make of the silence of president duterte regarding this specific issue I, I thought he was for it. I thought he was for it. But it's not, he has not been uh, making any pronouncements to, to that effect. Although we know yeah. <laughs> at the very start of his administration, or even before he started, uh, he started the, in Malacanang, right? he, had been, he had gone around the, the country and actually people were saying, well, that was a ploy on his part to introduce himself to the people uh, under the guise of uh, pushing for federalism. But that was his vehicle to go around uh, the country, federal, right? I think federalism is dead. Mm. And uh, I think that it would be a big mistake on their part to lift the term limits. Because of all the, the changes in the Constitution, the ones that the people hate the most is lifting the term limits. So if they do that, then you know it's dead. Even, even with all the propaganda that they have, I, I think, because people don't like that. No? That's self-serving. And, uh, and you know, what, what really I thought was funny was somebody saying, well, we will just have the plebiscite together with the elections in May. Yeah, yeah. 2000. Well, you know, you, you must have the plebiscite within 60 to 90 days of the approval of the CONAS. So what are you saying? It will be approved in March? Uh, 2022. That means we'll be preoccupied with this thing up to 20. What about, you know, I, I don't understand. Maybe some people just don't read the law. The law. They don't read the constitution. Yeah, that's that's quite interesting. Though. For example, I know, let's say they they succeed they succeeded in a constitution constituting themselves into a constituent assembly, and then let's say they're seeing it on lifting of term limits, for instance, or seguro in a worst case scenario, is this possible? Kumbaga, no election scenario. Is that even possible now? You mean to, to have a plebiscite? I mean, to scrap the elections. Let's say, based on deliberations, right? they, they want to amend the constitution. But let's say certain oh. sinister actors come in and say, oh, okay, oh. let's cancel the elections in 2022. Is that even, uh, no? um, well, <laughs> is that even possible? Because well, oh. the, the, the term ends. Whoever is in power, the, the term ends. And the only continuing body is the Senate. Mm. Right? Yeah. So President Duterte has to step down. Vice President has to step down. The House the members. Have to step down. The House members have to step down. The only continuing body is the Senate. The 12, uh, no, the 12 senators. So, so see Senate President acting president. <laughs> it's becoming even more and more interesting now. But yeah, um, yeah, my, my point is, let's say they, 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 they come up with a specific uh, proposal or proposed amendment to the Constitution, and then they subject the, the proposal, say, plebiscite, uh, simultaneous to the 2022 elections. If those Hindi proposals... Hindi kaya, di ba? 60 to 90 days from the approval calendar, approval, mag-aantay sila hanggang March. And what if some of those proposals would actually affect the... The, the conduct of the elections. I mean, I'm just trying to think aloud, think uh, out loud here. <laughs> I think it's becoming more outrageous, the auctions to, for them. No? Uh, actually, they did it in the barangay election. They kept on postponing it. Right? Mm-hmm. 
And uh, but but to me, if they postpone the 2022, and then say that uh, the existing elected officials should continue in office, yana magulo. Now, but, but but can they I do trust, that? I trust the military, right? The military so far has has been saying, oh, hindi po yon yung revolutionary government because that is outside the four corners of the constitution. Now, if they do this, it would be unconstitutional. How will the military, uh, how will the military behave? Yeah. I think the military, uh, if I am listening to what the uh, defense secretary and the chief of DAP are saying, is that they will not do anything that is contrary to the provisions of the constitution. Okay. Well, thank you very much, Attorney Christian Munsod, for joining us on this podcast. Very enlightening, especially given the fact that you are actually, you were one of the framers of the Constitution, and you're very much part of the debates in 1986. Thank you very much, sir, for joining us. Thank you for inviting me. Okay. And that's it for this thank week's you. episode of our Facts First podcast. Don't forget that you can watch this uh, episode on YouTube. You can also listen to the podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google, and Stitcher. Until next week. Thank you very much for uh, joining us on this podcast.